You know, I was watching an episode of uh, you where measles came up. Wait, wait, wait. When did I mention measles? I don't know. It was on you. Wait, what? What? what, what? What was on me? What are you talking about? Right? What is the, the measles hearing what and I'm the saying? I never had the measles. Was on you. We never did a. We never did a measles and vaccine episode. Am I? Is this a joke? I know. I don't even know it, what you're talking about. It was on you. It was on you. I've never had Raymond. I've never had measles. What are you talking about? This is stupid. It was an episode of a show, Laura. What's it called? You, what is you, it's called you. I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We gotta get it's out of It's a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Loring on Netflix. What are you never talking mind. about? I'm moving on to Adele. I can't explain this to you. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Uh, note to self, don't die. Isn't that just incredible? Isn't that just incredible? That's uh, Laura Ingram on Fox News. They were doing some kind of uh, wokeness in, in pop culture, music, television, movies. And she didn't know that he was talking about that Netflix show, You. Just go, Jerry, go! Uh, welcome in to the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. Now, just occasionally, whenever I can get around to it, I appreciate your patience. Just so much that I want to get to, and I'm going to have to move kind of fast. This will turn into a, a, a solid hour before I even realize it. Snap your fingers. Time flies, regardless of whether you're having any fun or not. And that is kind of the, the good thing about these sporadic shows is that the the subject matter stacks up really fast whether you know whether anybody else cares about that or not i don't know but so i'm trying to 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 get to what i feel like is important right now and really at the end of the day none of this is all that important it's just my passing per, uh, co- commentary on the passing parade of life through my ears and my eyes my name is brian likely you already know that by chance if you happen to be new at stone on air is all you need to know to find anything i do all one word stone on air all one word anywhere you search anything you'll find anything i do that lives online so um that that was just fantastic i you if you're on social media twitter uh, i guess all of them probably facebook i first saw it on tiktok then you've already seen that. Um, it, it doesn't matter. No, of course it doesn't matter. But it's always fun to watch these moronic talking heads at night from all the uh, all the networks, all of them. They're just uh, they're laughing stocks. Uh, I'm it's so ha- I'm so happy and it's so liberating to have gotten out of the world of wasting away my nights watching these ridiculous television shows. And I'm I'm just now on my way fading out with Brian Williams. I've talked about it on here at least a few times over the years that of the talking heads at night, and I know all the downfalls of Brian Williams, and I know the foolish things he's done, and he's not uh, exempt from any uh, hatred of the late night guys and gals. 
I've just always really liked Brian Williams. I thought he was his like the he's a prototypical newsman, right? Like the anchor guy that you know the school of broadcasting from Tom Brokaw, which was you know, learned and, and changed and shifted over the years from Walter Cronkite and all the Dan Rather and all those names, and um, he's retiring at the end of the year. So once that happens, I won't be watching any of them, and I only I basically hate watch now just because. I'm afraid, and I'm going to turn this heater off because it's too loud and it's also too warm. Sorry. Um, I, I basically, I don't mean, I don't want to say hate watch because it's not hate watch. There's a lot of good information I get on there. But overall, the main topics are the same old, tired, boring, bleepity bleep every night. It's Drek, just like they all are. And it's so nice to get away from all of that. All right, let's take a look at a few things for today. I've got a typical show laid out. Three segments. I'll have a long open. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can to get through this long open to touch on several different things. I have a, a long list that I just want to spend a few minutes on each topic. Then I'll have the second segment for you. Speaking of woke types and the same thing over and over again and MAGA types and all the radical nonsense that's uh, taking over both uh, hard right and left sides of this political landscape. Enough. Enough. I've had enough. I've had enough for a long time. And I've very much had enough now. A piece from Outkick. Yes, my boy Clay Travis. Not his piece, but one of his main writers. I thought was very, very good. I'll read you small portions of that and a little commentary there. And the final segment of the show, it's not going to be a Vols, Tennessee volunteer troll. It's not going to be a total hating on. But it is going to be uh, a little... um, well, completely truthful and a little hate, hating on the entire thing that is college football in Knoxville, Tennessee on a Saturday. I was there for Georgia, Tennessee, homecoming weekend. I knew what I was getting myself into. I'm not mad. I wasn't mad the entire time I was there. And I actually had an enjoyable overall weekend, but not really at times. And I'll expand on that little story, uh, story time on the way out the door in the final segment of the show i'll get you two pieces of audio because uh not three because i just want to hurry two things one thing that means a lot that matters a lot i think everybody should hear it from liz cheney it's about two minutes long i'll get to hear to it at the end of this open segment we'll call it the worst idea slash truest thing and then something silly as hell it is uh kiss spliced together with lionel richie so hang tight we'll get to all that here in just a few minutes. So a few things I want to jump on top of here, uh, here in the open. Uh, this is, I, I saw this on, I guess it was just social media, but it's on it. It's on all the hiring websites indeed and LinkedIn and whatever. And every now and again, I see a job opening and I, I dream, right? Like I think is, is this something that I could maybe do? I've been doing the same day job for 20 years. It's a great gig pays a very fair livable wage uh, with with cost of living adjustments for the entire time I've been there, um, great benefits, great uh, retirement packages that you can get involved in if you do them properly, time paid off, vacation, the whole deal. Great company, love it. But every now and again, I think you know I've been doing this my whole life. You think there's something else out there? Maybe you know maybe there's something else. And so when I see headlines or I, I do a little just poking around because I'm bored, I take a look at it and then I daydream for a second. But this one, this one made me laugh. And get bear with me here for a minute. This is going to take a, a minute or two to get through because I, I just I really want to get this the uh, proper due uh, that it deserves for how much 
is required for this position for the Chattanooga Lookouts. A dream of mine my entire life was to work in professional sports in any capacity. Didn't even know what that meant. I didn't even I didn't even know what that meant as a as a young child, as an adolescent, as a teenager. Like I want to work in sports. I want to work for a baseball team. I want to work for a traveling some kind of you know WWE show or whatever, something like that. But like I said, I never it never happened. Didn't even know what it meant. But so this was for a. Um, uh, the, the Ticket Partnership Manager. Now, real quick, just bear with me. I'm going to read this. Join the most fun team in town. The Chattanooga Lookouts are looking for a highly motivated individual to join our front office staff. The Ticket Partnership Manager is a full-time position with benefits and will be part of the Chattanooga Lookouts Ticket Partnership team. Do, uh, job duties include, but not limited to, and here we go. I'm going to run down. I've just got some of this highlighted. Outbound calls every day. Generate new ticket revenue. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. Develop new business and maintain renewals. Oversee all suite level operations. Organize special events. Uh, prospect companies, business organizations. Brainstorm new ideas that drive group ticket sales. Hire, train, and schedule game day employer, employees. Assist in executing the most improved student program. All right, so that's just a few of the highlights I have. All right, so this, there's a lot involved with this job. If I were to guess... This isn't quite entry level, but it's not too far removed from it. This is probably a thirty thousand something dollar a year job. I'm totally making up numbers. I have no idea. If I was twenty two years old, I'd be all over this. But here's where it gets a little and just like starts to make me laugh. Uh, plan and implement implement theme nights. Maintain ballpark standards and cleanliness. So that kind of sounds like you're the janitor or the person that cleans up the the, the stands after a game. Assist in day-to-day -day operations in the ballpark. That could be from pouring a Coke or a beer, a fountain Coke or a draft beer, or selling a program. Uh, provide excellent customer service. Here's where this really starts to make me grin. Pull tarp. <laughs> One of the duties, but not limited to, is pull the tarp. Then it says other duties as assigned. Continues on with another typical uh, paragraph. This applicant should be self a self motivator who thrives and blah 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 blah. Ability to communicate clearly, blah blah blah. Proficient in Microsoft Office. Lift up to fifty pounds. All right. So this is really a jack of all trades kind of thing. Certainly not for some forty, almost forty two year old dude who has no interest in doing all these random things at a ballpark at any given time. Here's where I really was like, all right, uh, I'm out. The ticket partnership manager will also support marketing and promotional projects around the ballpark and in the community. Along with attending community events, you will occasionally be required to be the team mascot. You're everything just short of broadcasting the games, which if that was in there, that would have made me even more intrigued to potentially inquire and be well-versed in Chattanooga Lookout's history. As a matter of fact, I'm almost damn near completely qualified for this job. You might have to wear the Louis the Lookout mascot one day, pull the tarp the next, sell hot dogs the day after that, and damn it, you better sell tickets, and you better do it fast. I don't know. I, uh, I just had to chuckle at that just a little bit. Um, I don't know when you'll be hearing this. Uh, the Rittenhouse uh, trial in uh, Kenosha excuse me, will probably be over by the time you hear this. He's going to walk. Uh, he should walk. This has been a travesty, an absolute travesty of a, uh, of a courtroom trial on all levels, from the judge himself to the prosecution 
to the moron kid, to everything, every single thing about it. It's another performative kind of uh, just, you know, out there entertainment consumption thing that is, uh, it's it's a travesty. And uh, dude is a disgusting dude. I don't think anybody should be allowed to have an AR-15 under the age of 18 or even over the age of 18, but I'll stop at least as a minor. Certainly not walking around the damn streets with it, but... Uh, He'll walk, okay, the MAGA crowd will go crazy, the uh, rioter BLM, BLM types will lose their minds, and we'll see what happens from there. We keep talking about gas prices going up, up, up. Oh, my God, oh, my God, all gas prices do is go up, up, up. Well, when they go down, that should be mentioned as well. Around the uh, Chattanooga area this week, which would be the halfway through the month of November, uh, November 17th, 2021 to be exact, we're down about four cents from where we were last week. I was coming back from Knoxville and got gas in Cleveland for $2.99 and felt like I was getting away with uh, with a crime. So um, will that stick around? Will that stay a thing? Uh, I don't know. But it's news when it goes up. It's also news when it goes down. Uh, I was planning on doing an entire segment on the Astro World thing in Houston by now, if you care, you know all about that. Certainly not nowhere near the first time something to that magnitude has happened. First time in a little while, but there's lots of precedent over modern-day concert history, festival history. Uh, the Who in 1979, Pearl Jam in 2000. The Who was in Cincinnati. Pearl Jam was in Roskilde. Uh, I believe that's Denmark. Both had uh, right around the area of double-digit um uh, uh, fatalities and eight, nine to ten, eleven, something like that. I was going to do a whole thing on it. I'm, I'm not going to now. I, I've, I'll probably save this for when it gets closer to concert season. I did pull this piece, which is very long and actually more informative and and interesting than you would think, or at least I would think, or I wouldn't have pulled it. Ten tips for surviving a crowd crush, and a uh, few of them are, you know, self-explanatory and obvious and like. You know, Captain Obvious, right? Some of them not as much. Some of them not as much. So when it gets closer to uh, festival season, I will revisit that. But um, yeah, that's. I guess that's just about all I have to say about that right now. Um, the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, the podcast I produce every day, is still going every day. Still paying every week, and as long as that's going down, I'm still going to have to devote most of my time to that. Uh, it, some of it is good, some of it is great, some of it is not as good. Well, that's what happens when you produce content every single day. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not as good, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's terrible. That's just the nature of daily production of content, radio, TV, podcast, whatever it is. So I, I, I implore you to, to give it a look, give it a, a, a listen. If you're a Jeff Styles fan from back in the day, which I always was all my life growing up, then you will like it. If you don't know who he is and don't care, then you won't care. It's kind of the way this all works. But that's still a, a daily thing for my daily or weekly, monthly, yearly uh, supplemental income. And so far, so good for the most part. And before I get to these two pieces of audio, before we wrap up this open... Oh, real fast. I meant to do this immediately. So just like an hour ago, I was doing dinner, um, and I, that's been my... Uh, my COVID hobby was learning to lots of different ways to cook, just basically proteins and vegetables. 
not really pastas and casseroles and lasagnas and stuff like that, more of just protein and vegetables, which I've never cooked much in my entire life. And today I got completely bamboozled by a, uh, a TikTok account that had this this recipe to make cod, just white fish, cod fish, Alaskan, wherever the hell it comes from, to, to make it taste like a lot like lobster. Poor man's lobster is what this uh, idiot TikTok account was doing. And I took the bait. And I thought, hell oh, yeah, I love lobster. I, I, I like most fish, but it's got to be cooked properly depending on what, what cut it is. And so I took the bait, and I tried to cook it, and it was terrible. It sucked. It didn't taste anything like lobster. And it wasn't because I messed it up. It was just because it was a stupid uh, TikTok that I just decided to, to, to take his word for it. And at my side, I was cooking some broccoli, and I've my only vegetable my entire life that I've loved since a child is broccoli. So I, I've been making that my whole life. It doesn't matter. As long as you season it, I like it. So I had it, uh, I was steaming it in uh, a chicken broth, and then just the other seasonings I had on it. And I went to pull it out, and I'm already pissed because the, this cod sucks. So I was like, well, I'll just eat the broccoli, and then, you know, I got to get the recording. And I went to pull it out of the, of the pot of the steam, steamer, and the steam hit my hand real real hot, and it didn't burn me, but it was like, you know, I threw my hands up in the air just out of reactionary. I tossed the damn broccoli all over the kitchen. Lemon juice, garlic, uh, Parmesan, chicken broth, salt, pepper, whatever was in the pot. Not all of it, but damn near half of it flew all over the damn kitchen. And it was just, I was so defeated. I was just so defeated. I was like, nothing my nothing has worked out here with this big plan and I had these big hopes and a big grin on my face and this is going to be easy and delicious and then I'm going to record and next thing I know my kitchen is covered in uh, broccoli and garlic and uh, everything else and all I could do was I didn't even yell or get pissed I was just like <laughs> Uh, so I still got a kitchen to clean up. I mean, I, you know, I got the the bulk of it up, but I said, "All right, screw it. Make a drink, go record." Okay, so I will get to woke types um, and MAGA types, and just enough of all of it all the way around, and the cancel culture uh, world we live in. I will get to that in the second segment, and then the balls in Neyland Stadium in the final. For now, two pieces of audio. We'll start silly, then we'll get more serious. This is uh, a TikTok of. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Whatever the exact name of that song, stupid as hell song from Kiss is, layered on top of and mashed up with Lionel Richie's uh, what, Easy Like Sunday Morning. I guess that's the name of it, Sunday Morning or Easy Like Sunday Morning. I don't know, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Give me a minute.
I love stuff like that. That is today's coolest thing. Kiss and Lionel Richie mashed up. And give me two minutes on this one. This is Liz Cheney. Um, of course, I keep forgetting. Is she Senator House? House from uh, Wyoming. Politician out of uh, Wyoming. Yeah, House. She's in House. And this is her talking to a group of some kind of organization of conservatives in the last couple of weeks. And um, it's, to me, a little frightening, but it's definitely worth listening to. This is today's worst idea. You could also call it today's truest thing. And at this moment, when it matters most, we are also confronting a domestic threat that we've never faced before. A former president who's attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic. Aided by political leaders who have made themselves willing hostages to this dangerous and irrational man. Just last night, former President Trump was invited by House Republican leaders to be the keynote speaker at our annual large fundraising dinner. At the dinner, he reportedly said once again that the insurrection was on November 3rd, and that the events of January 6th, when a violent mob invaded the Capitol in an effort to overturn the will of the American people and stop the constitutional process of the counting of electoral votes, that those events were a protest, that they were justified. Political leaders who sit silent in the face of these false and dangerous claims are aiding a former president who is at war with the rule of law and the Constitution. When our constitutional order is threatened, as it is now, rising above partisanship is not simply an aspiration. It is an obligation, an obligation of every one of us. Now, I am a conservative Republican. I disagree strongly with nearly everything President Biden has done since he's been in office. His policies are bad for this country. I believe deeply that conservative principles, limited government, low taxes, a strong national defense, the family, the family as the essential building block of our nation and our society, those are the right ideals for this country. I love my party. I love its history. I love its principles. But I love my country more. I hope I didn't uh, just mess up the audio feed when I was pulling up uh, online to double check. Yes, House of Representatives from Wyoming, Elizabeth Cheney. I saw something on Twitter from whoever it was, uh, a blue check, so like a, a prominent you know comedian or talk show or, 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 or commentary type of some sort that, that uh, we've been looking for 20 years to, to vilify uh, the Cheneys, whether it's her or Dick Cheney, for uh, lying. Uh, and now when they tell the truth is when we really double down on them. Um, I'm completely uh, paraphrasing there, but the Republicans in, in Wyoming have voted 30 to 28 or something like that, 31 to 29, 31 to 28, to not recognize Liz Cheney as a Republican anymore, whatever the hell that even means. Clearly, she doesn't really have a, a lot to lose here. If she loses her seat, big deal. You can just go be a private citizen probably uh you know as 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 wealthy as a person in congress could be you know a lot of these types jeff flake um our own bob corker uh the dude from illinois or wherever he's from that's kind of uh allies with liz cheney right now i'm kensington kensington whatever his name is these, uh, these people can go on and do other things in life so 
What happens to this party going forward? I don't know. What happens to either of these parties going forward? I don't know. And the coolest thing is, is I'm getting closer, closer and closer and closer and closer to overall not really caring. I don't really care who the president is. Now, I do care about a lot of other things. And, you know, we'll see where things go for the rest of my life. But caring about all this performative political entertainment industry stuff is getting old. And so am I. You know what else is getting old? Cancel culture. Yes, both the radical MAGA types do it. And so do the woke ass, fake outrage, radical, progressive, whatever you want to call them, leftist crazies. They both do it. And it's old and it's boring and it's dumb and it can be defeated. And a guy named Bobby Brack wrote a piece for Outkick.com that explains exactly how that can happen. And I will give you portions of that piece and discuss coming up next. Stone on Air will be right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. Finally, new rule. Liberals need a stand your ground law for cancel culture. So that when the woke mob comes after you for some ridiculous offense, you'll stand your ground. Stop apologizing. Because I can't keep up anymore with who's on the shit list. Because cancel culture is real, it's insane, and it's growing exponentially. And it's coming to a neighborhood near you. If you think it's just for celebrities, no. In an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. Is this really who we want to become? A society of phony, clenched asshole avatars walking on eggshells, always looking over your shoulder about getting ratted out for something that actually has nothing to do with your character or morals. Think about everything you've ever texted, emailed, searched for, tweeted, blogged, or said in passing. 62% of Americans say they have opinions they're afraid to share. 80% of Americans, young, old, rich, Poor, conservative, liberal, white, minority, all hate the current atmosphere of hypersensitivity. Bill Maher. If you recognize this song, you're a 90s kid. Even if you're a 90s kid, you might still not recognize it. The buzz cuts, the MTV buzz cuts were everything I lived for back in those days. This is Letters to Cleo. song is called Here and Now. And I just saw somebody talking about it somewhere on social, probably TikTok, I think. And I have always loved, 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 loved this song. I don't think I know another single song by them. But this chorus is so fantastic. Here we go. Here and now, here and now. So uh, I was on the top of my mind, so I pulled it. Letters to Cleo from probably 1990, I don't know, 94. But um, anyway, so that was Bill Maher on just some one of his shows, uh, real time, I, I'm guessing. Uh, he is really uh, more and more and more as the left, crazy, radical, um, woke, fake outrage types continue to just 
double down and, and just continue to scream into the woods or scream into the Twitterverse or wherever it might be and, and just hating on the centrist. It, it right now it, from the, the the liberal base, you know the the hard radical side of 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 the Democratic Party. If you're if you're a moderate leftist, you know left of center moderate, you're you're an asshole. Like you're you're evil. You're the bad guy. And I have always kind of been that guy. I've always been that dude. And I'm I'm kind of sick of it. And when you when you bite the hand that wants to hold yours to help with your plight. Because while we might not agree on the direction where everything needs to go, I'm on your side, and you spit in my face, and you treat me poorly, I, I don't take kindly to that. And so many in the, from the political side, the, the, the players, right, the politicians who are just involved in this performative political entertainment industry, they have to, uh, they, they can't be real to themselves. But people that you might or might not, depending on where you're at, believe in, can, depending on their clout within the industry that they work in. And Bill Maher, to me, is, is a champion. He's a champion of the centrist. He's a champion of the left moderates. And I love him more every day as the left-wing, crazy left-wing side continues to hate on and just, oh, old man, lost, doesn't know what he's talking about, Bill Maher. All right, shut up. All right, this guy has been marching to to the beat of your plight since before you were old enough to understand what a a, a political party was, bro. And um, so I love that he doubles down, and I'm going to continue with it. I'm, I'm, and he's done it before in the past, and I am I'm saying it more and more now. I, I'm I'm on to the libertarian side, guys and gals. I I know it's not a realistic way for a political party to operate. Because it, it requires too much cooperation that you'll never get. But I am a libertarian and I am done with this madness. And Bill Maher is going to come to Chattanooga on Sunday, the uh, uh, the 30th of January of next year. And I bought tickets today. And I looked at the calendar. And I saw it was a Sunday. And I thought, okay, that is January there is going to be playoff football very likely taking place that day. And while I am not a uh, delusional Titans fan who thinks that they'll make it to the AFC championship game and have the, you know, the number one seed in the AFC, which is where they stand right now in the standings uh, around halfway through the season. Are we over halfway through the season? I, I, I don't know. But I just got done watching the Braves win the World Series. So at this point, I'm thinking anything is possible. And if they make it to the AFC Championship and they play at home, I will have tickets because I have season tickets. And I looked at that date and I said, that's AFC-NFC Championship Sunday. And if the Titans make it and play at home, I will take these Bill Maher tickets and I'll give them to somebody. First person, they caller nine, you win tickets to Bill Maher, whatever. So either that day I'm going to be watching the Titans in the NFC, or the, excuse me, the Titans in the AFC Championship game, either on TV or at the game at in Nashville, or I'm going to be at the Tivoli seeing Bill Maher. Love, 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 love Bill Maher. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll make this, this segment, uh, well, we'll see where it goes. The, the cancel culture nonsense, it started off as a, uh, as, as a radical left leaning thing. And then they started to kind of devour their own. If I was, if I was Al Franken, I'd leave the party. 
Uh, he was a senator, I believe, right? Um, I sometimes forget who's who and which how, which which side of Congress they're in, but he was, you know, Democratic out of Minnesota, either House or Senate. I think it was Senate. And uh, SNL fame, you know, you know Al Franken is. And he got, you know, some picture or whatever where he's, you know, blah, blah. you got to go. And then he just leaves. Like, Al Franken, step up, man. Say shut up. No, I'm not leaving. I didn't do anything wrong. I did something silly and and juvenile, but I didn't do anything wrong. F you. Get out of here with this nonsense. It's the cowardice of people that makes this movement so damn strong. And I, I get it. It's taken some time to figure out where the legs are on this monster. But it's not just the woke, fake outrage types of the left side, of the the crazy left side of the Democratic Party. It's, it's nonsensical MAGA types, too. The brainless, educationless, intellectually void MAGA types that do the same thing. They're screaming on Fox News, Fox News this and Fox News that, and, and look, look at this and blah, 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 lie about that. It's just trash. It's just such scum. And it's so nice to be able to just kind of finally just, you know, shrug your shoulders and just kind of put your hands up in the air and just say, I'm done, man. I'm done with all this. So it's not just the, the crazy wokes. It's the crazy MAGA types, too. It's, it's just foolish. It's nonsense. Beat them down. Tell them to go to hell. Tell them to pound sand. Get lost, bro. Get lost. And there's also a, a, a portion of this that I'll, I'll touch on a little bit more into the next segment that is just be a damn adult for, for once in your life. You know, it's it's these moron, you know, I, I don't know who is attributed to exactly, I guess millennials, Gen Zs, is, oh, adulting, adulting's so hard. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I get, I get it. it. It's funny for a minute, right? It's funny as a meme. It's funny as a TikTok video. Ooh, I don't want to adult today. Hey, shut the fuck up and just uh, be an adult. How about that? That's what makes this so much easier. It's to just stop being a childish piece of bleep and be an adult. It's actually pretty easy to do once you become, oh, I don't know, a grown-ass adult. A grown-ass adult. Getting old sucks, right? It's not fun. It's not fun to have ailments that you didn't used to have. It's not fun that portions of your body don't work the way that they used to. It's not fun that hangovers hurt worse than they used to. It's not fun that you can't run around and act like an idiot and then not have all the repercussions of it. None of that bleeps fun. But it actually is liberating and a good place to be in life when you actually turn into a damn adult and stop acting like a woke-ass, fake, lame, loser, MAGA, bullshit, wannabe loser. Fake outrage type. Stop. Grow the fuck up. Now, please. You'll be happy when you do it. Uh, Adulty, shut up. All right. Sorry. Um, Clay Travis is an, uh, a media superstar at this point in life. I've been listening to and following him, following his work since about 2010. I started to fall out of love with it around 2016 or 17 when he kind of saw an opportunity with the MAGA bro types and really kind of threw the red meat to them and got real bro the F out. And I don't like what the approach that he takes and I don't like the way the, the antagonistic way that he approaches things, but he's one of the smartest guys you're going to hear ever. He's, he's, he's smarter than he even comes across because sometimes it's like, dude, you're, you're too smart to be saying this dumb shit that you're saying. 
Anyway, all that to be said, his OutKick brand is huge. He sold it off. He's still the president of the company. The guy makes Buku's amount of money. He, him and a dude named Buck something um, now occupy occupy excuse me the uh, the time slot that Rush Limbaugh had for twenty years. So dude knows what he's doing. And one of his main writers, one of his, uh, or at least first writers I noticed of prominence from his OutKick brand, his name is Bobby Barack. I hope I'm saying that right. B-U-R-A-C-K. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The headline here is, Cancel Culture Meets the Uncancelables. Aaron Rodgers, Dave Chappelle, Tucker Carlson. It's about four pages long. I'm not going to read all of it. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll skim portions, read just a little bit. And, um, and I, I loved it. And it made me, it was the, uh, the, the, the reason for doing this segment. Uh, it starts off like this, uh, uncancelable, someone who won't succumb to cancel culture. The leaders of cancel culture who often remain faceless and nameless to protect their own identities have strategically picked targets that will likely crumble quickly, and they do it with a smug sneer. However, such cancelers have recently begun to overplay their hand, as so often happens after a series of uncontested victories. Uh, let's see, and it's the main three here talking about Tucker Carlson, Aaron Rodgers, and and Dave Chappelle. Netflix and Chappelle, Fox News and Tucker Carlson, State Farm and Aaron Rodgers all miraculously weathered the ambush with hardly an effort. What's happening here is clear and encouraging. It took the country's top comedian, top cable news host, and top professional football player for signature brands to realize what truck drivers in Montana have known from the start. Progressive radicals are wistfully mediocre and over height goes on to talk about all the details and and quotes from all three that i just mentioned if you don't already know about any of this then you wouldn't even be listening to this segment so i'll jump to the uh the tail end the last you know the two and a half paragraphs of the overall outkick piece it says nothing has happened to any of them every hit piece quote to quote tweet and queen slain has been ineffective That's because the entire cancel culture movement relies on the cowardice of corporate leaders. Woke radicals make up less than 10% of the electorate and no appreciable connection to to the working class. So they, therefore, lack the reach to successfully influence corporate bosses without their cooperation. Cancel culture is a product of compliance. That's its only weapon. Now that targets have pulled back the curtain... We can see the great and powerful wizard of woke is hardly great and powerful. And the more people push back, the more cancel culture will melt. Cancel culture was always going to self-destruct because of the fragile groundwork laid by its own generals. And now it has happened because an overachieving mob of middleweights got greedy. The coronavirus, George Floyd's death, and Donald Trump's 2020 defeat advanced the social justice takeover, and the group's most prominent members suddenly had to handle a newfound level of warfare they weren't ready to face. Cancel culture as an idea won't go away entirely because it's useful to powerful and dangerous people. However, if the group of uncancelables can grow, then cancel culture could fade into a passing idea that no longer poses a threat. Um, Bobby Barak from Outkick.com. 
can't disagree with any of that. And I mean, I don't know where else to go with this other than it's just infuriating and the performative political entertainment industry is only getting stronger and stronger and more popular every single day. And as I always, always say, our our representatives, our uh, quote-unquote leaders, Congress, Senates, the president, the vice president, these elected officials, they are not stupid people. These parties and, and political strategists are not stupid people. They're highly educated most of the time and highly skilled regardless of the education level virtually all of the time. Or they would not be in these kinds of positions to be as manipulative and strategic as they are. They know what they're doing. You know why they know what they're doing? Or you know, you know how I know they know what they're doing? is because their constituents are a bunch of goddamn dumbasses. The overwhelming majority of the electorate are critically thoughtless. They're intellectually void, intelligently deficient. And they, the, the establishment, the machine, the political entertainment industry as it's turned into, the performative nature to this has to ca- cater and pander to these types. We are getting what we wish for, what we ask for. It is a be careful what you wish for and be careful what you ask for situation because you just might get it. What happens from here? I don't know. All I know is, is I, it's not that I don't care because I do care. I care about the, the, the world. I care about the environment. I care about my, you know, my, my fellow citizens in my community. I care about the direction of, uh, of the rest of my life. But I don't care about it like I used to. And if you all, and I say y'all in a generalized you all, want to turn this into a a television industry, an entertainment complex, then go right ahead. But I'm not going to have anything to do with it. And um, the quicker you can get to a point, you, this time the more directional you, to where this kind of stuff doesn't bother you like it did and you can just kind of go about your business and do your thing and be an adult, an adult as they say, and you can still spend time with people you don't agree with and you everything doesn't have to be a venomous, toxic affair because you realize, hey, you do you and I'll do me and we can get over the fact that adulting is hard and you can actually be a grown-ass adult and you can mingle with other people and enjoy your life. You're going to have a hell of a lot better of, uh, uh, of, of an old age for me anyway. And my guess is if you're listening to this, you're probably in the same boat as far as the age department is concerned. Now, if you're a young uh, uh, Gen Zer type listening, and uh, you know, God bless you. Thank you. Tell all your friends. At Stone on Air. My guess is there's not a hell of a lot of them around here. But if you're here, thank you. Welcome. And I hope you're not offended. And I hope you don't try to cancel anybody anytime soon. I went to Knoxville this past weekend. And while I'll go to Knoxville again, and I'll hang out with the same people I hung out with again, and I might even spend time in the same general vicinity of where I was for the uh, majority of Saturday. Likely we'll do that again. But there's one thing in particular I absolutely positively will never do again, and I'll tell you what that is next.
Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At StoneOnAir.com. Man, I hate Tennessee because, first of all, it's Tennessee. I I, I just hate them because they, they, they low down, they dirty. I hate their colors. I, I just hate Tennessee, man. Like, and I, I hate N- Nayland Stadium. It looks like a garbage truck worker convention. And I hate all their quarterbacks. I just, I hate Tennessee, man. See, Tennessee's colors is, is that, it's that throw up orange. It's not that orange that you can sit with. It's that puke inside of a pumpkin orange. That, I, and I don't like pumpkins. So, I just, I just, I, I really don't like Tennessee, man. I, I can't stress that enough, man. And they, they, they losers, they sore losers. I, I hate Tennessee, man. He guided me to Rest of development. Let me understand your plan. Of course, song is called Tennessee. That's a uh, pretty well-known clip from like 15 years ago. Some campus interview with some Alabama fan. Stumbled on it yesterday for the first time in a while. Man, I just hate Nayland Stadium. See, I've always wondered. I've always called it Neyland Stadium. Well, it's spelled Nayland Stadium. It's spelled N-E-Y-L-A-N-D. General Nayland Stadium. Is it Robert? I think it's Robert Nayland. Or Nayland. I don't know. So, sidebar there. I don't really care what you call it. Welcome back in. Going to wrap up the show here with the final segment for November 17, 2021. It is the Stone on Air podcast. And I spent some time in Knoxville this past weekend, the entire weekend, as a matter of fact. I was there Friday night till Sunday evening. Well, Sunday afternoon, anyway. And I enjoyed it. I have a lot, I know a lot of people in Knoxville. Um, many of them I actually like, too. Uh, many of them I don't like at all. But that's true just about everywhere I go. For all of us, I guess, right? So um, I went up to, uh, because we were, the, the, the game, it's, first of all, it's homecoming. Uh, unfortunate that on homecoming had to end up being you know the Georgia game for Tennessee Georgia if you don't win the national championship that's on you <laughs> there's never been a more wide open national championship for a college football team to take I don't know what anything that even compares to this this year Georgia you better win or maybe you'll never win again for the rest of your lives anyway um, I love college football Saturdays in the South more so I like it at Finley Stadium or in your backyard. Um, or in your living room, or even maybe even my my river my living room. But I don't like college football all that much as an entity in itself, just sitting right there. But I love college football Saturdays. It's always fun, and I totally totally get, I totally get, um, pride in your school. I totally 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 get homecoming weekend. Um, maybe even donating to your school if you're a graduate there, if you're an official alumni, and really pulling for your team to win. I understand that from an academia, academia as they would say, I guess, and sports enthusiast and maybe even participant in that setting of higher learning, whether it's higher learning or not so higher learning. Like I love Udawa High School football, or I like, right? I follow Every year I know whether Udawa is good or not. This year they're not good. 
I've gone to a few games over the years. I've hit up a homecoming once or twice over the last 15 years. I went to Ottawa High School. I I enjoy it, but I don't give two bleeps about Saudi Daisy or Red Bank or um, our closest rival back at the time would have been Central over on Highway 58. Like, I don't care about any of those. They're just other schools I didn't go to. Okay, that's a more simplistic uh, 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 comparison. To get as close as I can to the university level, I went over to Chattanooga State the other day to meet with the media technologies. Uh, I don't know what his exact title is, but he's the head of media technologies at Chattanooga State for a variety of different reasons. Plus, I just know him well. His name's Chris Willis, great guy. And um, I, the only college higher learning I have any connection with is Chattanooga State. I went there for a collective almost three years. I never finished with that associate's degree. If I wanted to finish that associate's degree, I could have it done by the end of next year probably. Doesn't matter. It's not going to help me in life. There's no reason to go get it. But I spent a lot of years there and spent most of my time with the Media Technology Center. And um, and I went back to the other day to to or the other week to talk to him about a few things. And I and I was just I was very prideful walking around on the campus, uh, parked right you know the baseball and softball stadiums are right there to your right when you pull in near the visitor parking. And Chattanooga State has always had a nationally recognized baseball program in the junior uh, JUCO levels, and I've always been proud of that because I'm a big baseball fan, and I'm a fan of the only higher learning school I ever went to. And so, like when the Lookouts play Chattanooga State at their um, uh, exhibition games, which I don't know if they're doing anymore. They didn't do it last year because of COVID, but I've always gone to those games and like rooted hard for my Chattanooga State baseball team. And I've known kids that have played on it when I was younger and closer to that age. And it's just always something I've taken a lot of pride in. And that all kind of came back to me because it was the first time I've been on the campus in quite some time. But that's not new. I wasn't surprised to feel that way because I felt that way in the past because I've gone back over the years. Because last time I attended school there was in 2005. So clearly a long time ago. So all that to say, all that to say, I get loyalty and pride in your school. Here's the problem. Most everybody who's a massive crazy fan of a university didn't go to that school and i'm not here to tell people why they should or shouldn't be fans of any sport you be a fan of whatever you want never miss an opportunity to get excited is something i've kind of adapted in my later parts of my life i wouldn't have i wouldn't have um lived by this motto as a younger person i would have made oh that's stupid you shouldn't like that no 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 never miss an opportunity to get excited don't let somebody else tell you that what you're excited about or interested in is dumb and you shouldn't. Screw them, do you. All right, so I'm going to say all that and then kind of contradict myself a little bit when I say the fanatical nature of these college programs, it blows my freaking head off my, my right off my body. It doesn't make any sense to me. And this idea of putting 100,000 people in a building for a bunch of children playing football and this just mass hysteria about it I'll never quite be able to wrap my head around and I certainly will never enjoy uh in the moment in that setting so I had last time I've been to Neyland Stadium was in 2005 I left at halftime because it was so miserable I went last year to see Kentucky 
I believe it was homecoming weekend again, and a friend of mine who has uh, season tickets, and he's one of those guys, if he invites you to go on something, you're not paying for anything. He's going to pick you up, take you, drop you back off. So it was a no-brainer. Plus, it was a COVID game, only a 50% capacity. It was a joy. It was great because there was plenty of room. We were in and out, no big deal. This time, I went and met with some friends, crazy diehard fans, and I'm not hating on them or hating on anybody who's a crazy diehard fan because I get it. You're a young, you're young boy or girl, and you're brought up your whole life. You love the Vols. You love the dogs. You love the Irish. You love uh, the Clemson, whoever it is. And that just becomes part of your fandom in your life. And I, I, I'm not here to poo on that or take that away from anybody. And that's what most of the people I was with that day, that's kind of where they're cut from. And we, you know, so I get invited to this. It's not going to cost me much of anything. And I go and we set up a big tailgate for the whole day and we get there early. So I went Friday night because I knew we were going to be up and early at 730 in the morning on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday with a 330 kick. And we, I mean, just do it right. We got heaters. We got a, a fire pit. We've got all the food in the world. We've got all the drink in the world. We've got TVs. We've got cornhole. We got footballs to throw around. I got all my Braves World Championship gear on. They're all decked out in their orange. Man, boom! This is cool. This is living. And it was. It was. It was fine. It was. It was fine. Except you know, at times it it kind of wasn't uh, as the day went along and. And I, I had a feeling by the time I walked into Neyland Stadium, I was going to be absolutely just furious with myself for making this decision. And I'll do this as quick as I can here as I'm already 10 minutes into this segment. I made notes to self all day long as it got closer to we're, go, we're heading into the stadium. It took 30 minutes to get in when we were trying to get in an hour in advance, trying to not have to wait in lines like that. I don't know the area that well logistically to know if we're at the right or, or if we were at the most popular gate. Maybe there's a better gate we could have gone into. But these are the notes itself that I made to myself all uh, afternoon and in the evening. Vols, let's go Brandon. Booing injured players. That's what Ole Miss does. They fake in- injuries. Braves, World Series, radicals. Kneeling. Finally had fun after the game. F Joe Biden, F Trump, F you, no F you, let's go Brandon t-shirt guy. College football fans, Braves dude, didn't know what to expect. Cornhole, all CFB fan bases are disgusting. <laughs> that is the run-on sentence of just a notes of self I made throughout the day. I don't even remember what all of these are. Let me try to decipher them as we go through. Oh, So early on, I'll go back to let's go Brandon in a minute, but which is the least of anything I cared about that day. The first quarter, a Georgia player hits the grass, hits the turf, and can't get up. The place is on fire. You know, this Tennessee did well to start the game. They boo the hell out of this kid injured for Georgia. Booed the hell out of him. And I'm looking around at the guys I'm with, the little bit I spent times in the stands. It wasn't very long. Being in the stands in that hellhole, 100,000 seat, is not fun. And... I look over and dude next to me says, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, th- that's been happening like crazy. People are flopping and falling. He's probably not even hurt. I was like, he looks hurt to me. He can't get off the ground. He's like, oh, did you watch Ole Miss game? I was like, no, I didn't watch Ole Miss game. 
And he said, well, that was they were doing that over and over because that was a, a way to stop the, the Vols' offense. The only way you can stop the Vols' offense is to, to, to fake injuries. I'm paraphrasing. I looked up and I said, the only way that the number one defense in the country can stop the Vols' offense is to fake injuries in the first quarter of this game? We're going to be here for a long time today. Um, so apparently that's a thing with Ole Miss. I don't know. Um, where it says Braves, dude, as I was walking into the stadium, uh, waiting in line, so there's a lot of earshot if you want it. And these two old codgers behind me were talking about uh, random things. And I heard, yeah, that oh, damn Braves. Braves won the World Series. I, You know what? I sure am glad that the Braves won the World Series. Just so it will piss off all them radicals. That's again a paraphrase. In reference to the All-Star game being pulled because of the voter uh, legislation passed in Georgia. As if any of them pissed off radicals give two bleeps about Major League Baseball. So that was one thing I had to make a note to self. Um, The phenomenon of the Let's Go Brandon thing that's a that's a code for F Joe Biden. I guess that was the thing being chanted somewhere in a NASCAR race. Some kid said, go, let's go, Brandon. And it's just taking on a life of his own. If you want to make fun of politicians, you go right ahead. I have done it before. We've all done it. That's funny. I don't, you know, good for you. I don't care. If you want to chant, let's go, Brandon. Uh, we had some dude coming around with a big buggy full of shirts selling let's go Brandon shirts like within the NASCAR logo and the whole you know the whole parking lot I was in were just falling all over themselves to buy these at $20 a pop that's fine I'm literally not even like uh, I mean I was rolling my eyes you know the a little bit but overall you you do you you have have your fun it, it's it's a nice crisp cool very cold actually but sunshiny day I'm having a white claw enjoy yourself and your um you know, your bootlegged merchandise. Good for you. But later on, at the end of the night, I'm bouncing around here. I'm not all in order. At the end of the night, I leave early because I'm just losing it here. This is just, just just nightmarish scenario in this overcrowded. If I was the uh, uh, fire marshal or some kind of crowd control crisis manager, I would say you're not allowed to have this many people in one place. This is not safe. This is not a good idea. You shouldn't do this. Anyway, I got the hell out of there. And I went back to the, the parking lot and just waited for them to come back. And this is not even late. It feels late because it gets dark so early. It's probably like 7 p.m. or something like that. And then it's out of nowhere from this parking deck right to my left. This dude just screaming, F Joe Biden! <coughs> Excuse me. And then some more faint but still screaming female voice right afterwards from, you can tell, from down below, and he was up higher in the deck, F Trump! And then he screams back, F you! And then she screams back, F you! No, F you! Like, it's going back and forth. I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? What is this? The thing I do to, you know, for myself to kind of smack myself back into reality, kind of get it from Tony Kornheiser, who says this a lot and things he's talking about in sports. Just like, what am I doing? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? 
Like, I'm not mad. You want to scream F you at yourselves and, and, and other people and F the president and F the, the former president and F you and f- kill yourself and die. Fine. But what am I doing here? Why am I here with this? And I just like, and I, at, at no point over the course of the whole night that I ever have a bad attitude or act like a jerk about anything. I, but deep down, I was like, this was a terrible idea. The minute I walked into that building, 30 minutes before kick, I wanted to walk right back out and leave. But out of respect to the people who invited me and gave me, you know, gave me a free ride, that would have been pretty disrespectful to immediately leave as soon as you gave me a very pricey ticket and pay, you know, so I'll stay. I'll stay and I'll make the best of it and I'll have a smile on my face. It won't be a condescending, uh, passive aggressive smile or look either. I'm going to have fun today. I'm going to have fun today and I'm going to enjoy myself. But deep down, it's like F this place, F this place. And I will never step foot in that damn place again. Now, real quick, that's it. All I got Uh, one more, two more thoughts. So many times you hear people talk about fan bases. Oh man, that fan base. Oh, Alabama, they're a bunch of uh, assholes. Everybody, you know, they're they're scumbags. Oh, LSU, man, they're a bunch of jerks. No, it, all of you are. All of the, the the crazy fanatical college football fans. You're all disgustingly weird and 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 odd. It's very similar to the fake outrage woke types and the insane MAGA types. You're extreme fringes. You're the outliers of us normal fan people. I am a crazy fan. My Braves just won the World Series, and I'm still over the moon excited and doing you know doing cartwheels and and upside down flips and in, in my brain about how excited I am about this. I am a fanatic. You people are insane. These college football crazy people are effing insane, or drunk idiot kids, or Adult children, adult, lame-ass, MAGA, and or uh, 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 woke, fake-ass, woke types. You're all the same kind of people. You're all irrational. You're all annoying. And it's uh, it's it's lame. And um, I, 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 I love watching college football, too. I, I do. It's fun. But, and, 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 that, and that's what that's for. That's what that setting is. College campuses, fine. You do you. And I'm going to continue to do me. Never again. I will go to Knoxville again. I will likely go to many college football tailgates for the rest of my life. But I will never step foot inside of that hellhole Neyland Stadium ever again. Even though there are portions of it where you can... It's the 100-year anniversary this year. 2021. 1921 is when that building opened. There are certain portions of that building that still show that 100-year-old character, which was, I thought, pretty damn cool. When I was able to walk around and actually kind of take in and look at some of the architectural 100-year architecture that that still exists outside of the uh, or inside of the massive modernized version of the building, there was still a lot to like there. But boy, that lasted for like 10 minutes. So I had a great weekend. I'm not mad, but man, these people are insane. And that's fine. I just will not subject myself to that ever again. That's all I got. Love you to death. I don't know if I'll do this again next week. The goal is that I will, but I'm not sure. Until then, 
Love you. Mean it. Take care. See you later. Bye. Oh, won't you love